Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode 51, the Liserverto Bonilla edition. Shout out to Chad Dotson. I'm your host, Coop, and we have some people here to talk some Reds baseball right before Thanksgiving. First off, here's the thing. Polly, how are you doing tonight? Sorry. Here's <laughs> the thing. I'm doing just fine. Uh, sorry. Miss, uh, miss communication, but Reds fans, I'm back, baby. I'm back. And here's the thing. I'm back. We also have Wu on with us tonight. Wu, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to two cable networks, HBO for The Watchmen, which has been awesome, and also uh, the SEC Network uh, for putting the Kentucky game on the alt channel the other day and all the fans losing their damn minds. Um, it was great. Let me uh, t- I thank for that. Let me tell you something about that. We also have Ken on. Ken, the obscure former Reds. How are you doing tonight? What's going on, guys? Um, I'm here to preach patience. We'll get into that, but uh, Yasmani Grandal is not the end of the world. Have faith. It's going to be okay. We also have Burmy on tonight. Burmy, how are things up there? Things are great up here in Columbus, Coop. Uh, the Buckeyes are number one again. It's exciting. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Ram, at on Ram. Shout-out to Ram. We also have the sponsor of the podcast on tonight, Kelly. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing all right, Coop. Get ready for Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. So, before we get started, I wanted to point out a milestone for the Hunt for Reds October podcast. Tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary of this podcast. The very first podcast came to you on November 27th, 2018. And since we're recording tonight, not tomorrow night, this is our one-year celebration. So, thank you, all 15 of you that have listened for the last year. Hopefully we'll get 16 next year. So let's uh, let's jump right into the hot fucking stove. The Reds made a plethora of moves, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say plethora because that's many, many moves. So yesterday the Reds claimed Nick Martini, an outfielder off waivers from the Padres. They traded cash for Justin Schaefer, who's a right-handed reliever from the Blue Jays. And to make room on the 40-man, they designated Jimmy Herget and Brian O'Grady for assignment. Nick Martini is is not good. I believe he has a career OPS of plus of something like 76. He hasn't been he hasn't been in the majors much, and he's going to be 30. So I think he's probably not going to make the team. So that's nothing to worry about. Justin Schaefer is probably going to make the roster as a reliever. That's just my my two cents. So let's go around the room here and get everybody's uh, thoughts. Let's start with Wu. Wu, give me your thoughts on these moves and what it portends in the future. They're nothing moves, realistically. They aren't going to move the needle in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <clears throat> nothing to really care about, really, at the end of the day. Um, 
some little, little ridiculous defense going on of, you know, oh, it's a good pickup or this or that, you know, the pitcher, you know, maybe, you know, those guys are witches lately, but um, I, I agree on our Martini there. I, I'm a little confused why, you know, you you give up a younger player and possible potential for Martini, but maybe they're seeing something. But at the end of the day, this is nothing that does anything to have any real impact on, on the club in 2019. So we'll just sit and wait and maybe something will happen at some point. Ken, your thoughts? I don't, um, from looking, I certainly like Brian O'Grady more than Nick Martini. Um, if Nick Martini served me a drink in a bar, I wouldn't know who he was. As for the reliever, they're going to throw 10 relievers at the wall and three of them are going to stick. We know that as of right now, um, Iglesias and Lorenzen um, and Reed are, um, they're going to be the winning side of the bullpen. They're going to bring in a bunch of guys to be the losing side of the bullpen. And Amir and Garrett. If that guy's one of them. Amir Garrett. Thank you. Yep. He's definitely on the winning side. Um, they're going to bring in a bunch of the, they're going to bring in 10 guys to fill three or four spots. And he's one of them. More arms. Um, give Cotham and um, Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie, give them as many arms as they can. If they're going to revamp the tools that they have in the bullpen and in the farm system, give them as many pallets as possible and, and something's going to turn into something good. As I joked on Twitter, Nick's martini is dry because he doesn't have any power. Burmy, your thoughts? Yeah, Nick Martini, that's kind of a head-scratcher over O'Grady. I guess the only thing I can think of is that you know they're, they're hoping O'Grady clears waivers so they can just send him a triple-A and then bring him up next year if they need to. Um, yeah, Martini has like a hard-hit percentage of like 37% in his major league career. That's nothing to write home about at all. So... That move, it is what it is. Um, you know, the relief pitcher, I just looked it up, and he has like 48 career innings pitched over two seasons. An ERA plus of 121 is nice. Uh, he does have a whip of almost 1.7. So I don't really know. His numbers are kind of all over the nice. place. Really, really, really small sample size. But, yeah, I mean, he'll compete for a spot in the bullpen. You know, it, it is what it is. They're just spring training players. Just like that uh, Jankowski guy. So we'll see what happens. It's the fucking Reds. Who knows? Well, and I mean, they only traded cash for him. So if he doesn't work out, then whatever. Uh, here's the thing. Paulie, give us your thought. Here's the thing. Cash will go a long ways. I'd rather have a beer served to me by a Grady than a damn dirty martini. So, I I, I mean, it's, it's it's they're like nothing moves. Exactly what we said. They're... They're, these are fluff just to get us going. So we'll see what happens. I like the Justin Schaefer move definitely. He's definitely going to bolster the bullpen as of right now. Callie, your thoughts on Martini, Schaefer, O'Grady, and Herget? I, I agree. They are pretty much nothing. They've just a kind of you know, baby steps towards hopefully taking bigger moves after Red's Fest. I assume we're going to start actually making moves after Red's Fest, but um, no, Nick Martini's not good. You're correct. And I don't know. I, I always, I, I think our bullpen's fine. I don't know that we really needed anybody else, but it, I guess suppose it can't hurt. Um, no, I don't think they actually make much of a difference in the long term. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that Kevin Gosman is going to be non-tendered because they're not going to pay a reliever, not nine point 
eight million, I think, is what he's probably due in arbitration. So, like like Ken was saying, there's probably going to be, I would think, three spots open in the bullpen, depending on how many pitchers they carry. And uh, if there's going to be a 26 man on the roster, it could be 14. So. Yeah, remember the roster is expanded to 26 players, and so yeah. there's net. The rule is the thought rule they were 13 capping bench and 13. Oh, pitchers. they're going to cap it at 13. Okay, but yeah. still, yeah, you can't carry more than 13. So that still really good because everybody would carry 14. Oh, absolutely. So that that'll still really that'll still be eight relievers then in the bullpen. So yes. if you have Iglesias, Lorenz, and Garrett and we can assume Cody Reed, then you could potentially have four spots open. So moving right Wait, along. Wait, you know what? Wait. Go ahead. Coop, that was an interesting point about Cody Reed. You yeah. think you think Cody Reed makes the bullpen next year? If healthy and he shows it in spring training, absolutely I think he does because, one, he's out of options. And we're, we're forgetting about Robert Stevenson. I think he will be another bullpen arm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. On the team. I, agree yeah. On bo- I agree on both of them. I just haven't heard Cody Reed's name talked about in it feels like decades. I mean, I I think he's when he's healthy, he's got the talent to be a solid middle inning bullpen piece. He could occasionally yeah. be the long man if you need it. Uh, I don't see him being like the eighth inning guy or the setup guy or anything like that. But I don't know. I I think it's worth a shot at least to see uh, yeah see what he can do because last year. He look- Last year he he came up a couple of times, looked great, and then he got hurt. So mm-hmm. this will be his prove it year. So let's yeah. see what he does and in spring training. Bob Steve just had a pretty goddamn good prove it year, so I'm hoping Cody Reed can do the same thing this time around. Robert Stevenson basically resurrected his career because he saved it. Yeah, he just saved his career. So even even if uh, you know a year or two down the road the Reds cut him loose. There's going to be another team that picks him up and puts him in the bullpen based on what he's done. Yeah, I think Bob Steve, based on one year, may have carved out a seven to ten year career just on, you know, hope. Absolutely. Because of what he did in the bullpen last year. So, Yasmani Grandal signed a four year, $73 million contract with the White Sox. The Reds, we had hoped, had been in on him. We don't know for sure if the Reds ever made a contract offer or whatever. But we know that they're trying to upgrade the catching position. Two other catchers have recently come off the free agent market. Travis Darnold went to the Braves. And just today, Stephen Vogt went to the Diamondbacks. So the market, the free agent market for catching is now getting pretty thin. But... Omar Navarez from the Mariners is said to be on the trading block. So I wanted to start this time with Cali. What would, would you trade or would you attempt to trade for Omar Navarez or would you ride with what you've got in Barnhart and Casale? Uh, no, I think they should try to trade for him. I don't, I don't really trust Barnhart or Casale with next season. And I think that they need to make a real attempt at it. So no, I think that they should trade for him. Here's the thing, Polly. At, here's the thing. At this point, their direction is very obvious where they need they need to make a trade, but they're not going to. And I'm taking this from out of Wu's book here as being optimistic, realistic, optimistic, or whatever. It's, 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 the Reds are obviously looking at other, where, other, other places 
but besides catchers. And Tyler Stevenson may be the answer, but he's not ready. And I think that's what the, that's what they're looking at for the future, as always. So that's the bad thing about it all. Burmy. Yeah, I, I think the Reds right now on their roster have two backup catchers. And I know a lot of people have, you know, they're enamored with Tucker because he won a gold glove, which not taking anything away from Tucker. I mean, defensively in 2017, he was amazing. But that was coming up on three years ago. And the offensive production between him and Kinsale combined is very average, to put it mildly. So if the Reds do want, you know, if the organization does want that offensive catcher, are you willing to sacrifice a sliver of defense for a good amount of offense? Or do you want to keep running out the Billy Hamilton of catchers and Tucker Barnard? That's the question that people have to answer for themselves. And I think a lot of them, a lot of Reds fans just get attached to players because they watch them for a few years and it becomes a part of their routine and they don't want to see them go. When in reality, you have to let things go if you want to improve, if you're not winning. If the Reds were winning with Tucker Barnhart, sure. Don't think anybody would care. But they're not, so they can upgrade there. They need to go out and do that. Now, Navarre is, is a very good offen- offensive catcher, but defensively, he he he's not he ranks pretty much below average. Uh, I know he doesn't rank high well, in pitch framing or anything like that, but would you sacrifice? I I personally would sacrifice the defense for the offense. Yeah, I would, and also you could. I mean, you can keep Tucker on the roster. Nobody's saying Tucker has to be a part of the trade. You can keep Tucker as the backup catcher. What's his contract? Four for 16? He has two for eight left? Something like that, yeah. Like, it's real fucking cheap. So, yeah, nobody's saying you have to get rid of him. Tucker can catch, you know, two or three times a week. And I don't think anybody's going to be too upset about that. So, I I just think if you can get a a substantial upgrade at the catching position from an offensive standpoint, why would you not try to make that move? Ken, your thoughts? We know what Tucker is. Tucker is a 700 OPS guy um, from the, from an outfielder. That's, that's not going to work, but from the catcher, that's, that's more tolerable. Now, Navarre is, is an upgrade on the offense. So I'm interested. I'm not going to give up um, a Stevenson or a Lodolo for him. So if it's a, if it's a middling teens prospect, Yes, let's have that conversation, but I'm not giving up a top five prospect for him. So it, it depends on what they want to give up. If they want to buy him like they did Martini, then that's fine. If the, if they're going to if the Mariners want Nicola Dello, then go take a hike. Oh, I absolutely am not trading a top three prospect for Navarez. I would be more than willing to package, like you said, a couple of prospects in the teens, maybe as high as uh, Tony Santion, maybe. Depending, mm. I, I'm I'm just not sure. I'm, what is Navarre's contract? Is he still got el- arbitration years left? I'm not sure. I should probably... Yes, he he is still arbitration eligible. Okay. Um, would you would you yep. would you give him disco? Ooh. Now that's intriguing because you just picked up De Leon from the Rays, who could potentially be the fifth starter. So he is his first year is. Arbitration eligible is is this year. So he's got so three, he three years. years of, so the yep. Mariners are probably going to want more than Disco then for three years of control. 
Well, they got him for Alex Colomay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the Reds also got a Eugenio Suarez for know, the bloated corpse know, of Alfredo Simon. So, <laughs> speaking of bloated corpses and and Alfredo Simon, <laughs> woo, jump in here. Yeah, it's it's a big miss at the end of the day for the Reds. You're talking about they they got to get some offensive impact. That's that's the team has to prove offensively and. And Grandal was a big upgrade, um, which there's no one else out there. I mean, even though those other ones are being signed now, it's really not really an impactful change from who you have currently. Um, you know, two backups that can split some time and fill in decently. It. Um, so if you're looking to go there, it's going to be via the trade route. Uh, the problem you're going to run into then is the Reds have to get free agents elsewhere. They don't have enough chips or, you know, players in the cupboard or whatever you want to call it to fill the needs of the, of the team to make them a contender next year. So where are you going to move those trade chips to get what you need to get? Now, maybe some, yeah, maybe move a MLB player. Maybe they can do some magic. Maybe it happens. Um, catcher, there is a big drop off off those top level players. Um, it's one of those positions, you know, I would almost say you kind of just, Unless you get a sweet hell of a deal, you just let it ride and look to focus your efforts elsewhere and hope to make it up elsewhere. Um, you know, the Reds could have got Grandall perhaps last year. Maybe he doesn't want to play in Cincinnati. You know, at the end of the day, you can't force him to go anywhere, but he signed a one year deal with Milwaukee last year. It's kind of aggravating. You look at the deal in the AAV they got four years. What if he signed, you know, what if you threw that out there last year? You wouldn't have this problem. Um, but, you know, they have to improve the offense and looking at the catcher position and what they have are, are you going to get enough impact and what are you going to trade away that maybe you could use elsewhere? Cause it's, you're not getting anything in free agency. So there's, you know, it's, it's just another one of those, you know, kick, kick to the, kick to the nuts right now. And, um, you know, hopefully they're able to start spinning some deals and making something happen. Um, that's all. I don't know. Well, and I'm in the camp of, I'm not going to, lose my shit until well after the winter meetings winter meetings to me is kind of the 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 barometer i want to hear what's what the reds are the catalyst right so like for example last year the big dodgers trade happened like a couple weeks after the winter meetings the winter meetings seem to be where things get started so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna panic yet i know a lot of reds fans on twitter are absolutely going bananas over not signing anyone but look at baseball the Braves signed three guys the White Sox signed Grandal and just today the Diamondbacks signed Voigt and that's it I mean it's we're, we're still early it's get I know that's a that's a baseball term that's a Dusty Baker term it's still early but the Sox signed the Sox signed Jose Abreu too well that's that's more of a re-signing I don't count that well, it was certainly an extension. Like yeah. He was already a White Sox. Yeah, no. His rights were already the property right. of the White yeah. Sox. So, I mean, if, if you just look at it real quick, you know, the Reds tried to get Real Muto last year and Grandall this year. Th- those are the cream of the crop, right? And there's a big drop-off after those two. So, I would just move on. I mean, this is kind of where I look at it. So, Yeah, I think if you, if you can't get Navarre's cheap, then, yeah, put your money into left field, center field, second base, maybe a Zach Wheeler kind of deal. Because like you're saying, the the, well, the top guys other than Navarra's are off the table. Well, um, Coop and 
Will, you make a good point that you don't have to upgrade the catcher to improve the team. The Reds have a number of holes. Catcher, middle infield is two. Center field, left field, right field, um, four or five starter. Um, So if they get three outside major leaguers to fill any of those positions, they'll be a much better team this year. Did they get Grandal? No. Getting Grandal would have been great. But if they get DD, if they trade for an outfielder, if they sign Wheeler, if, if they trade for a starter, then they're going to be better. They don't have to upgrade catcher to improve the team. Yes, that is one opportunity for improvement, but it's not the only place. So losing Grandal, I'm not Darno and vote. Don't do any. Don't do anything for me. If no. they would have spent a, a crap ton of money for those two guys. I would have been quasi upset that they wasted money. So they didn't get Grandal. If they get a Torinos or a Navarez, good. But like that's not the savior of the organization. Go upgrade middle infield. Go upgrade center field. Go upgrade left field. Go upgrade four or five starter, and they'll be fine. If, yeah, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, you can't have two or more holes in your lineup, and you can survive with one. You can work around there if you have a you know, one hole, right? Plenty of playoff teams. Have That's what that. she said. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I just threw you off. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> it, it just gets back to yeah, move on and uh, address it elsewhere because you can survive, but you can't survive by having catcher and shortstop be black holes for the offense. I think if you go it, out, just, it's, it's game over at that point. You go out and sign DD and Castellanos, then you, are fine with Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Caselli. So, why don't we transfer on to listener questions? And we got a bunch of them, so let's dive right in. On the one-year anniversary of the Hunt for Reds October podcast, I asked the Twitterverse, using the hashtag GobbleGobbleMFR, to submit their questions. First question actually comes from Ken here. Ken asks, hashtag gobble gobble mf'er, what are you guys thankful for? Callie, what are you thankful for? Oh, what am I thankful for? Um, bourbon? Yes. Uh, my cats? Yeah. yeah. Retweet. Not um, the cats, just the bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Clean laundry. It's kind of the thing I like. And I don't know. Everything's fine. You live in America. At least the lights turn on. Here's the thing, Polly. What are you thankful for? My family, hole-in-the-wall bars, bourbon, my dogs, and Mandalorian. Woo, what are you thankful for? Definitely the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm not watching so that. thankful for Baby Yoda. You should watch it, too. You should watch it. I'd have Yoda. to watch all of those freaking Star Wars movies to even understand what's going on, and that's not happening. Woo. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the Ohio State Buckeye football program because it gives me something in my sports world that is enjoyable. Burmy. Go Bucks. I am also thankful for the number one Ohio State Buckeyes. I am also thankful for the top of the table Liverpool FC Reds. And I am also thankful for all the wonderful people that I get to uh, watch all of my sporting events with over the course of the year. 
And my family and all the other shit that everybody else will say. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Ken, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Major League Baseball in Cincinnati because it's the only professional sport that means anything in the city. Um, I at least have hope for the Reds. I get all cheesy. I, yes, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for all the all the good shit. Um, thankful for the for the U.S. of A. Uh, um, don't boo oh the God, U.S. of A. Oh God, who hates America? Woo oh, no. is an official America hater. Oh. <clears throat> Woo hates the troops. Woo hates the troops. Gotta be thankful for the troops. Damn you, Greg. Damn you, Greg. So, Damn, Greg. Daily Reds Talk asked a couple questions. One of them was about uh, the catching situation, which we kind of already covered, but he also asked, hashtag gobble gobble MFR, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food item? And mine is easy, and that's pumpkin pie. You can't go wrong with pumpkin pie. Everything else is just, you're just, you're just waiting to bring out the pumpkin pie. And you got to have all the Cool Whip on top of it, too, like, like mounds of it. So, cool Whip or Ready Whip? Either or, I do not discriminate. Mm, one's way better than the other. Ready Whip is better. There you go. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to go with the Cool Whip because it's cheaper. Uh, <laughs> Ken, your favorite food item at Thanksgiving? Um, wow. Dynamite Radio. I, yes. I, I like a lot of food. Um, just good old-fashioned turkey. Fucking turkey is awesome. He likes the turkey. I like turkey. I like meat. I'm a carnivore. You definitely like meat. Burmy, your favorite Thanksgiving Hey-o. food. Hey-o. Bourbon. No, that's a solid but, choice. But also, my, this is this might be a little controversial, but my mom makes an absolutely phenomenal, shout out mom, an absolutely phenomenal green bean casserole that I fucking love. Smothered in cheese. It's unbelievable. I mean, the cheese. Now, the cheese I can get with. Yeah, it's not just like green beans on a fucking plate. We're not animals. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, covered in breadcrumbs and shit on top and then an absolute mother fuckload of cheese in it. There's not any. Some water. There's not any onions in it. Water chestnuts. And uh, I don't think there's onions in it. She might make it with onions if I request. You're thinking of cream of broccoli. No there. onions. No Burmy. onions. Cream of broccoli is the cheese you're thinking of. Cream of broccoli. Check, it. Check no, it out. No, we put cheese. Check, Check the recipe. cheese on it. Is, is cream of broccoli or cream of um, mushroom? I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's in there too. But there's cheese on it, Polly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting also, cream of anything. Fine. Second hot take: ham is better than turkey. Sue me. And uh, also, I like oyster dressing. So there we go. That's disgusting. Here's oh, just, fucking break disgusting. Out. That's disgusting. Break, break out the Tabasco, boys. Here's the thing, Polly. Your favorite thing. Hang up on him. All right, wait. Here's the up. thing. Just give me all the fixings. The fixings. Get the turkey. All right. Go ahead, Ken. What were you going to no, say? No, hang up on Burmy. For the oh, I thought you dressing. said hang on. Oh, yeah, um, that's disgusting. No, my... I said bourbon, first of all. No, bourbon is amazing. That's Shout all to, you need on Thanksgiving, bourbon and football. Shout out to bourbon. bourbon. Shout out to bourbon. <laughs> Shout out to bourbon, at bourbon. At Thank bourbon. You. Callie, favorite Shout things. Shout out to Blends. Yes, Shout uh, out to Blends. Mashed potatoes. 
mashed taters. Definitely mashed potatoes. Yeah, pretty Ma- simple. The mash- always delicious. Mashed taters is always a classic. So good. I don't know about turkey. I mean, it's it's okay, but I think there's a reason that we make it like once a year. It's kind of a pain to make, and it can turn out super shitty. But yeah, I've had some dried okay. turkeys before. Yeah, it's nasty. Nobody wants that. Woo. Oh, man. Um, cheesy potato casserole. It's got some cornflakes on top. Pretty oh, go-to. Oh, yeah. But no onions. Greg, no onions. Greg, but you took your turkey. Good answer, Woo. Because my oh, family, they wins. make the... My family makes that, but they try to put onions in it, and I'm like, "You uh, no onions. bitches!" You, no onions. And, and the great thing is, it's one of those things that's like spectacular onions. when you reheat it later. So oh yeah, leftover. oh yeah, and that always just, works. Just as good, which is tough. Do you food. put hot sauce on it? Do you put hot sauce on no, it? No, I'm a fucking normal person, so no, I don't put hot sauce on it. <laughs> oh, I must have missed the part where hot sauce wasn't normal. <laughs> hot, I sauce? Like hot sauce. Wow. I like hot sauce, but not on my cheesy taters. Hey, I, I'm just throwing ideas out there. Guys, I got you. Who's right? the one over here talking about peanut butter and mayo sandwiches? What the fuck would you do that for? Yeah, woo. Let's yeah, talk about that. That's disgusting. It's so good. Yeah, I totally. No, eat, I totally. I, that's got to be I a totally joke. There's no way you would actually eat that. Bread. That's disgusting. He's trolling. Uh, you're trying. You're to troll. disgusting. Don't, troll. Don't eat that. So, Burmy had a question. Hashtag gobble gobble mf'er. If you could only put four items on your Thanksgiving plate, what are you choosing? So we've all already named our favorite thing. So why don't we say the th- the other three since we already know what one of them is? Just shout them out. Turkey, stuffing, and, yeah, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and mashed potatoes, potatoes and rolls. green bean casserole, Hawaiian rolls. Oh, Hawaiian rolls, sweet, uh, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole. I love my my mom makes this sweet potato thing where Ooh. it's all shout the out to mom. shout out to my mom. It's got the sweet potatoes, it's got the like cornflakes broken up on the top, and you mm. got marshmallows in there that melt. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, does it slap? That shit fucks. I keep pumpkin pie. Keep I pumpkin pie. <laughs> Give me all the coleslaw. No, no, we Cold don't. Slaw. No coleslaw, Jesus. What, Mac and cheese. Thanksgiving? Yeah, like yes. Thanksgiving on the beach. <laughs> Cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake. cheesecake. Pumpkin, yeah, pumpkin yeah, cheesecake. Oh, my God. God the podcast back is like Back missing. off. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who the Fight. fuck does Fight. coleslaw at Thanksgiving? I don't know if I ever told I have you guys about the Thanksgiving that I showed up at my aunt's house. Shout out my aunt's. is terrible. And Shut the only yeah. reason, yeah, the only reason I went is because I was expecting delicious Thanksgiving food because it was fucking Thanksgiving. And you know what we got? What'd you get? She made a giant salad, like this big ass <laughs> horrible salad, and it had like nuts and fruit and all this dumb shit in it. I I've never been more angry, maybe in my life, but definitely at a family <laughs> gathering. I I didn't go back for years. It's like no, forget that. I'm not going to eat your dumb ass salad on Thanksgiving. See, I had that's all she had. Just a bit, the big salad. Just a big Wouldn't salad. Be terrible. Would it be terrible if you went to Thanksgiving and you had your own intervention at Thanksgiving? Like, you walked into what? an intervention. <laughs> Holy. That would be on brand. Shout out to Jeremy. I'm going to quote the great philosopher Homer J. Simpson. Jeremy. You Go don't ahead. make friends with salad. See, Thanksgiving's my, Thanksgiving's my second favorite holiday. I, I like cried. Christmas. Yes, thank you. But... Because of all the delicious food. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is where it's at. Yes. But if I'm walking into Thanksgiving and there's a big-ass salad there and that's it, 
hands are going to be thrown. Yeah, I drove an hour and an hour and ten minutes to or eight, eat a or gross eight. salad with like apples and cranberries and cucumbers and all the like, kale, all this disgusting stuff. It's Thanksgiving. And you should have thrown that salad right in her face. I <laughs> Now, I'm no I big should. fan of salads, but my aunt makes this one that's like iceberg lettuce with a bunch of cheese and egg on top and yep. something else, and it's delicious. But for Thanksgiving? What's the dressing? I don't What's know. What's the dressing on that? I don't pathway? ask questions because it's a salad, and I hate salads. But I hate salad. Uh, but that one's good. So. I can't eat lettuce. Yeah, like, on principle, salad is terrible. All Do you get your burgers without lettuce on them, Coop? Yes, because lettuce is disgusting. We're not rabbits. It's what are nice you talking about? It's a nice crunchy medium. That's what it's the pickle. Texture. That's it's what not, the pickles are for. For no the crunch. Flavor. You get the you get the dill no pickle slices. For the flavor. Well, the flavor is disgusting. Do you, also leave, do you also leave the tomatoes off your burger too? Yes, no tomatoes on my burger. I'll, okay, so the, I'm, deal, I'm dealing with a nine year old eating a burger. The ketchup okay. and the mustard. Yes, ketchup and mustard, cheese, pickles. That's all you need. What kind? What kind of cheese don't, do you get? Don't forget the mayo. It's good on there. No mayo. Mayo is disgusting. Uh, if it's a burger, I'm probably getting cheddar cheese. You wouldn't get pepper jack on a burger. I mean, pepper I like I like pepper, pepper jack, but I'm mostly going to either do cheddar or maybe some provolone or some Colby jack. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, why don't we hot route and get rid of turkey on Thanksgiving and make burgers instead? If I can have I the rest of my Thanksgiving done. fixins, yeah. yes, I'm, yeah. I'm for it. Everything else, they, everything else remains the same. We just replace turkey. With like a fuck ton of burgers. Oh, and yeah. to take the pilgrims didn't slaughter cows. Who hates America now, Burmy? But how but, do we? Yeah, how do we know they didn't slaughter cows? We'll take Polly's suggestion, and we'll have the buns will be King's Hawaiian bread. Yes. The King's Hawaiian covered in butter, thrown in the oven for twenty minutes with the leftover turkey and some mashed potatoes or stuffing on it is the best. Friday afternoon, I'm watching college football and not at work. Fuck yeah, sandwich of all time. Now I'm hungry. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. All right, moving on. Want to go do karate in the garage? So Jonathan Webster at jwebster underscore 10. Shout out to Jonathan. He asks, hashtag gobble gobble mf'er. What Reds player, past or present, are you the most thankful for? Drew Stubbs. No, Callie, just... <sighs> No, it no. rots. Damn it! Light tower power, but no. Um, yes, it's my, yes. I said your stubs. I'm thankful for Barry Larkin. Woo! Who are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Jay Bruce for giving me the best Reds moment in my adult life. So, all right, Ken, who are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Eric Davis because Eric Davis's home run in Game One of the '90 World Series. Um, is the seminal moment of me being a Reds fan of him hitting that ball off of Dave Stewart. So Eric Davis, he was the best player growing up until he lacerated his kidney and Marge shot left him to die on the field. In Oakland, of all places. Yes, in Oakland. Here's the thing, Polly. What player are you most thankful for? Here's the thing. Most of you probably think we're going to say Paul O'Neill. Incorrect. I'm going to say Sean Casey for this one. The mayor. The mayor. Had some great years. Burmy. As a young, dumb kid, I loved Ken Griffey Jr. And I know that that's you know, polarizing for a lot of Reds fans because we didn't do a whole lot with him, unfortunately. Um, but 
28-year-old current day me is going to say Joseph Daniel Votto. Shout out to Votto. Uh, Emily asked, uh, hashtag gobble gobble MFR, <laughs> any plans for the one-year anniversary of this podcast? Uh, to, we're just doing the podcast. That's the plan. A live podcast from Red's Fest. That, that will be our next podcast. The second annual Hunt for Red's October Red's Fest podcast will be next Friday, the, the 6th. Uh, we'll, we'll be recording live the, at Red's Fest. The 6th or the 7th? Friday or Saturday? I'm planning on being there Friday. I might. Oh no, Saturday. Let's let's have that discussion. Let's we'll, negotiate. We'll have this discussion. We'll we'll take as as we like to say in in business. We'll take that offline. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so mm, business. Speaking of Reds Fest, there's a guy I see every year at Reds Fest. Stephen Ortlieb. He asked the question hashtag gobble gobble mf'er. If the Reds signed Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, and D.D. Gregorius, how quickly does the asteroid strike the Earth because we can't have nice things? Here's the thing, Polly. If the Reds were to sign Cole, Rendon, and Gregorius, life as we know would probably end before the ink was even dry on the contracts. I'd already be in hell waiting for all you guys, so... We're going to hell. We're going to hell. 0.2 seconds. That's Hail how long it Satan. Takes. Sorry. Satan, 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 Satan. Play this podcast backwards and it's just all of us saying Hail Satan over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question comes from our, our favorite Australian listener, Jesse Byrne at JBSON1992. He asks, hashtag gobble gobble MFR, what in your lifetimes of Reds baseball are you most thankful for? For me, it's the very first live game of baseball I saw, and it was at GABP Reds versus Padres in July of 2017. The Reds won, and it was here that I fell in love with the Reds. Cheers and cheers. Shout out to Jesse. Um, what am I most thankful for in terms of a moment from the Reds? I will probably say this is gonna this is gonna sound weird, but the day that the Reds traded for Ken Griffey Jr., I was in college. And my roommate in the dorms was an Indians fan. And I talked so much shit to him. Because I thought that trading for King Griffey Jr. was going to take the Reds just to the next level. There was going to be a championship. It didn't turn out. But I was thankful in that moment that, oh my God, the Reds just traded for the best player in baseball. Didn't work out, but that was, that was the moment I was most thankful for. Uh, woo. Yeah, it's gonna again. It'll be Jay Bruce for me. It's home. It's clinching his home run. Yeah, it was. I mean, it made me feel like you know, ninety was that last real win feeling. You know, ninety five a little bit, but it just made me feel like you know, like a nine year old kid again. And it was just awesome. So that'd be it again. Here's the thing, Polly. Here's the thing. I agree with you, Will. 2010 clinchmas was like the ultimate game but for me it was dunn's walk off grand slam against the indians i was there in right field saw the ball like 20 feet from me like go past into the bullpen there's bullpen it was just like one of those like magical moments it was just like wow like i was here for this and like you're just watching 
everyone just like up in arms, up and like screaming, yelling. Like it was, just, it was a pivotal moment of my Reds fandom. I'd say. Nice, nice, Ken. Um, benching or back in calling, um, just because it's the one moment that no one can ever take away from me. The Reds won, and it was perfect. It, there was no doubt they didn't go on to lose. Yes, clinchments was awesome. Yes, um, signing Griffey was awesome. But the Reds winning in Oakland as a 10-year-old is nothing that anyone can ever take away from me. Ken, that's a good one. Can't take a championship away unless you're Louisville basketball. So, Callie. <laughs> Zing or 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 shout UK out, sometimes. Shout out, Jer. Shout out, Jer. Or, or UK sometimes. No. Or UK sometimes. No. Callie, go ahead. Eddie Sutton. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I have one particular moment, but I really appreciate that the Reds have given me opening day every year. I think I've gone uh, seven years in a row now, and every one of them has been just so much more fun than the last. They've, I mean, they've all been just such a blast and. I don't think you get that anywhere else. So that's probably what I appreciate them most about what they've given me. That's a good one. Go ahead, no, Burmy. No, I was just going to say, I've already told the story about when I got my baseball on the podcast. So I won't say use that one. I was a huge fan personally being born in 91. Fuck. Not a whole lot of success that Fuck. hasn't been mentioned already. Fucking but I yeah. will say uh, Griffey hitting his 500th homer on Father's Day with his dad in attendance that was pretty cool. I was watching with my entire family. My dad's not really a Reds fan, but my mom is a huge Reds fan. So it was kind of cool to be watching that game with like everybody in my family. And like, you know, my parents loved it. And then we loved it because, you know, my brother and I loved Griffey. You know, my sister, I don't, she probably was just like, hey, whatever. But the rest of us loved it. So that was a really cool moment, um, both for just, you know, personally. And then also, you know, that old adage that how can you not be romantic about baseball? You could write that kind of script. So <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. So Bill at OBC two S and he used his own hashtag hashtag coop poop. Do you think a monthly podcast would be more fan friendly than a weekly one? No, no. What the fuck is Stalin aid censorship? Get the fuck out of here, guy. This is not Just a listen once a month podcast. and piss off. You should listen every week, <laughs> every week. You should be tuned oh, into this okay, podcast. Boomer. Yes, he, he really is a boomer. He likes Jimmy Buffett. I thought you loved Jimmy Buffett. I like cheeseburgers in paradise, too. Jesus Christ, like- Callie, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Coop, I thought you were a parent head. I can't believe this. You don't hang out downtown or whatever? Every no. Every once a year I'm, in a Hawaiian shirt in the no, rain I, at like 6 a.m.? No, I'm not 65. Oh. So... So, Average Joe at Gar Pike 28 asks, hashtag gobble gobble MFR, do you support Callie's plan to send all men to the center of the earth? Doesn't matter. You're all in the center of the earth. No one can hear you. And we'll move yes. on. <laughs> Roger Fletcher at R Fletcher 247 asks, hashtag gobble gobble MFR, what are the chances that the Reds sign a big name free agent in our lifetime? Well, Roger, you're going to have to define big. Because sixty nine percent six good that obviously that's the answer. I don't as much as we talk on here about how we want all these good players. I'm still in a I'll believe it when I see it 
mindset. The biggest free agent they've ever signed was Francisco Cordero. Seriously, that's 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 the biggest free agent this team has signed. It will personally for me sit at one percent until they actually ever do it. That's what I'm saying. I'll have to see it when I believe it. Believe it when I see it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, James Bullock. Seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. James Bullock at Hex Brownies. Ask hashtag gobble gobble mf'er. Uh, with Grandall getting picked up by the sucks. He said sucks, not sucks. Should the Reds try to tra- trade for a catcher under team control like Salvador Perez? Now, we talked about Navarez, but Salvador Perez, I, I, would the Royals even consider trading him? He's been hurt. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, if he throws something out there that's like a bait, maybe. But shouldn't the White Sox be the White Cucks? <laughs> Sorry. Polly with the Burmy joke. So Wick Terrell, at Wick Terrell, the man behind Red Reporter and host of the Red Reporter podcast, go check him out. He asks, hashtag gobble gobble mf'er, if you could spend 10 full minutes giving at ADHD theater hell about his perfect plate, what would it sound like? So that's Jeremy. Jeremy, a couple years ago, tweeted out a picture of his Thanksgiving plate. It was mercilessly mocked. It literally went viral getting mocked because it was so bad. So 10 full minutes giving him hell about it would just be. It would uh, just be me thing. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. Oh, I would play back every second of uh, the lost podcast episode of him. I would, I would ask him, him which house he didn't eat it in. The, the styrofoam plate. It was like a, it, it was like a prison plate. Yeah. I would just read him the tweets that he got sent at him for like 60 straight hours about his food. I didn't know he got mocked this bad, so now I have some entertainment tonight to go back to. Oh, oh he got absolutely dragged. Note to self not to do that. So, Senior VP of Brovember at ResGM didn't use the hashtag, but we'll ask the question anyway. Fuck, Mary kill. Gapper, Mr. Red, Mr. Redlegs. Obviously, everybody's going to kill Gapper. I mean... Yeah. Well, he, he's done enough killings. Revenge for 9-11. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think we need to even worry about the, the fucker Mary. It's just as long as we kill Gapper. Are we in agreement? Yeah, that seems fair. Thank you. Here, here. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's unanimous. Second. Second. The eyes have it. Dilly, dilly. <laughs> and they say America Gapper. has never been more divided. Man. Oh my God! Gapper did 9/11 and breaking today from Farney. Shout out Farney. Gapper also killed Jeffrey Epstein. So Gapper gets around. Why the rap sheet? Gapper just out here doing all the things that he shouldn't be doing. So Deep Gapper state Gapper. Is Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> so our last question comes from Wu. He asks, hashtag gobble gobble mf'er. Is squirt pee? (laughs) I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) It should be a fucking Twitter poll. (laughs) Make make it a poll. 
Oh go. my god, yes. Also, yes. I think it depends. <laughs> Woo, your answer. Uh, yes. Okay. So that should transition us to the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. Each week, everyone goes around and picks the biggest dick of the week. And the people, you, the listener, vote for the winner. Last week, you voted for Rob Manfred, which I think was a solid choice. So let's start with Callie. Callie, who is your Cornhog of the Week? Uh, The gentleman who has been sliding into my DMs for 11 months and then proclaimed that his wiener would cure depression. Shout out, Mark. His name is Wiener. Wait, his name's Mark? Here, here. Like your dad? Yeah, isn't that weird? Makes it way creepier. Wait, why is your dad saying that? No, that what? That's not what. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so I'm going to label it Callie's creepy DMs. Creepy DM guy. <laughs> Woo. Who's your cornhog of the week? Uh, Mr. Huff. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen what he. Totally, totally normal human stuff going on there dude i just totally had a, I had a, a sophomore history teacher named mr huff and you just freaked me out for a second <laughs> oh we're not gonna talk about I it i was like what the fuck go to his twitter account and he had himself uh and it, he had himself a day uh paulie here's the thing who's your cornhog of the week i can't believe i'm giving the time or day but mike brown i it's been on my mind for a long time and been a long time since I've been able to give someone the corn hog of the week, but Mike Brown is a corn hog of the of the millennium. millennium yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Burmy, your corn hog of the week. Man, there's a uh, there's always a lot of options when you could pick a dick of the week, and I think we've already had some really good suggestions. So I'm just going to say that my dick of the week is Yadier Molina. Because right. why not, uh, Ken? Who's your dick of the week? I saw on Twitter where a guy literally lit himself on fire and then jumped into a lake. If you don't follow um, at Awards Darwin, follow it. If you light yourself on fire, you're a fucking idiot. Don't do that. So, that guy. Shout out to Michael Jackson. That is not making me uncomfortable because I always think everybody on it dies. It's awful. So, for my cornhog of the week... We're going to head down Interstate 71 to Louisville and Papa John. Oh, wait. Hell yes. Papa John, in addition to making really shitty pizza, let's, let's, let's take a step back. Papa John got famous for making shitty pizza. Then he, came, he was outed as a racist. And then he had his company taken away from him because, you know, he's a racist. So today, or was it yesterday? He had this interview where it sounded like he's been huffing paint and smoking crack like twenty four seven, saying that there's going to be a like day in of a bunker. like there's going to be a day of reckoning and blah blah blah. No, nobody cares about your shitty fucking pizza, and nobody cares about you. Fuck you, Papa John. So that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around the room here and get everybody's final thoughts, and let's start with Callie. I might change my corn hog of the week to Papa John's guy. I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, and also he ate forty pizzas in thirty days. He ate forty shitty pizzas in thirty days. That's so gross. He was modified, uh, mo- motivated by Wick. So 
Liquid Chew's way better people. Oh, I, I agree, but, you know. Papa John's is like the Natty Light of pizza. No, it's lower than that. It's like Genesee. <laughs> the, the White Claw of pizza. Ooh. Oh, duels. The Wiedemann of pizza. That's Tony's pizza. That's Tony's frozen pizza. Come on now. Totino's is like the <laughs> the PB. Ooh. That's the PBR of pizza. Hey, hey whoa, 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 whoa. Totino's, hey, Totino's are classic, though. They're delicious. I mean, they'll kill you, but they're gross. Do you, do you guys remember the frozen mini pizzas that were, like, frozen uh, individually in, like, orange wrappers? Yep. Do you remember those at all? Yep. Uh-huh. Those are good. Pizza eatsas. Is that what they are called? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, those things you can make your own pizzas that kids take lunch, Lunchables, fuck that shit. That ain't real pizza. No, that's like a cracker with really gross tomato sauce on it, and it's really cold. That's true. Woo, your final thoughts. Callie actually have final thoughts, or are we all just... Oh, that's that was... my final thoughts, was trading uh, in my corn hog of the week, Papa yeah. John's guy, because that, oh. was, that was okay. just too much for me. <clears throat> my, my final thought is... Um, if you go searching a Google image search for uh, Redzilla, do not, under any circumstance whatsoever, click on the uh, animated GIF GIF uh, section. Just do not do that. You, It's bad in your eyes. I want to just take, <laughs> pop them out. Well, you know what I've got to do now, right? Just what you've been warned. It, <laughs> not. Uh, don't, uh, don't do it. Yeah. Let's see. Redzilla. I had to, and you shouldn't. Also, is it GIF or GIF? It's GIF. Thank you. GIF. 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 No. GIF. GIF is peanut butter. It's graphic, so it's GIF. What? 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 <laughs> I told you. What? What is he doing? What? what? Is it penis related? There's a lot related. There's a lot. Re- there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot. And this is a family-centric podcast. But, we really can't go into it. But why? It, Redzilla is so pure. Why? Why? What? Yeah, why? Like, how did that get? What is that? What's but, the right? What's the relation? But why? Why? What is? And what is so that? What? Describe it tenderly. No. No, I. I mean, you go down <laughs> Who about. Can't describe it. <laughs> no one can. I mean, if you scroll down okay. a Let's little bit. Let's all find out for yourselves. Um. Oh, what is that? What is that? It's like Pain Olympics back in the day. Um, don't watch that. It just keeps going and going. There, there's so much. I don't what, understand. What is that? What? What? Okay. <laughs> is is Redzilla yeah. a term for something that we just have never uh, figured out before? Let's, let's get on Urban Dictionary. To, to Urban Dictionary. Okay. Uh, Redzilla is slang for a thought. T-H-O-T. Oh, that hoe over there. If anyone wants to know what a thought is, it is... A right. thought is a hoe. I can never think pure thoughts of Redzilla again. Yeah, it killed it. It ruined it. Redzilla is officially ruined. And I'm sorry that you had to witness this on the podcast, but do yeah, not... Yeah, everybody at Wu and tell him what you think about how he ruined Redzilla for you. If... If you decide to do that search that Wu suggested, do not do it at work. I did not suggest it. I did the opposite. All right. Yeah. By suggesting that we don't, you were basically suggesting that everyone definitely look it up. 
So let's move on to Polly. Give us here's the thing. What's your final thoughts? <laughs> here's the thing, Reds fans. I did something this off season, and I and I think you should do it too. I became a partial season ticket holder for the Reds this year. Nice. Whoa. So pretty excited. Congratulations, Ken. Your final thoughts? Yeah, see, tickets are fun. Um, if you can get into a package, do it. Um, I've been to. Uh, Every opening day in the new stadium, plus the last one in 2002 at Synergy Field. Um, there's nothing like opening day. If, if you can get there, do it. I haven't looked forward to Reds Fest as much as I've looked forward to this one in years. Uh, I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask people, um, Reds fans, Reds brass, Reds players, and I want to go have fun. I want to experience Reds baseball. Go to Reds Fest, rock it out, have fun, drink beer. Burmy, your final thoughts. Well, folks, it's that time of the year again. The greatest rivalry in sports commences this Saturday, and it has nothing to do with the Commonwealth Coop. Don't even make a joke. Ohio State and Michigan, the game, this Saturday at noon. Oh, I'm not superstitious. I'll say their fucking name. I don't care. On Fox, the game. That's all you need to know. Go Bucks. Shout out to Ohio State clock. It's been 2,912 days since Michigan has beat Ohio State in football. Mm. And and Jim Harbaugh still likes to cuddle with recruits and drink milk. Remember that, folks. So for my final thought of the week, it's going to be a big fuck you to Woo, who has just ruined Redzilla for life. Because my... Do I get to be a late entry into um, uh, the corn hog of the week? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's a, po- that's Ooh. a possibility. You've... You've, oh, I want to vote for Wu so badly for Cornhog of the Week. I think we're going to make that change. <laughs> Callie, I think we're going to delete your uh, creepy DM guy. And That's fine. Wu. I would almost be fine with just, you know, giving Wu the only vote. Yeah, all and four of them. All four of them to Wu. Like, it's that bad. <laughs> make sure, but guys, make sure we don't tell Casey because it'll ruin her life. Casey, if you are listening to this, I. I bet There's you no not, way not Casey to look up what they were this. talking about. Casey might listen. She's my friend. Oh, Casey listened. She does yeah. not probably, listen. To she this. might. She listens to the Reds talk and then turns it off. Let's be real. Shout out, Casey. Shout out to Casey. Casey is literally the nicest person you'll ever meet. That's not a joke. She is, no, she I still haven't met Casey. Best. Shout out that. Oh. She she is literally the nicest person. And that's that's not bullshit. That's not you know sucking up or anything. That's that's for real. Casey is the best. Sometimes she drove forty five minutes out of her way to bring me eleven double cheeseburgers and four McChickens. How many of those did you eat? I don't want to talk about it. A lot. <laughs> so, for Wu and Polly and Burmy, Ken and Callie, this is Coop saying we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.